Thanks for lending me your ear. And to be honest, for this week, I was a little scared that we wouldn't have a lot of news to talk about. We're kind of like in this very early middle part of the year where the new releases have been released and not much spicy hardware news or even gaming news for that matter. But fortunately, Deepcool saved the day by inviting me to a nice lunch last Thursday, March 16. Apparently, two representatives from their Beijing headquarters were in town and the Deepcool country representative, who we've known actually for quite a while, he was with another, or he's been with several PC brands and even before he was at Deepcool, he was already supporting us at the shop and supporting us at the channel with various items for review and super on the ball kind of guy. So basically his bosses were in town and he's like, you know, let's, why don't you, why don't we set up a meet? So we had lunch and also there was the Philippine distributor for Deepcool. So all of these guys, I mean, aside from the two bosses from Beijing, I basically worked or intersected with the other people already there. So Good lunch, like, you know, just kind of a meetup. They wanted to see the shop and we actually passed on a specific concern we had about one particular Deepcool product and they were very receptive to it. And actually, they were already familiar with a part. So there was a part of a particular product that it didn't break all the time, but it was susceptible to damage, which could be repaired on the part of the end user. But, you know... If you're not too technical, it gets a little complicated. So we passed it on, but they were already familiar with it. They had already made modifications to their manufacturing process. And, well, that's really a good sign for me that you have this brand that, you know, is international in scope, but they're still very open to receiving feedback from the ground and just really being in touch with their customers, either through the customers themselves or through the retail shops. And again, it's, you know, we're not, we're not a big shop at all. We're... This kind of still very mom-and-pop operation with one branch in Mahati. But, you know, when we can contribute in a very small way to helping improve the products of any brand, really, we tried to put our two cents in. And it was really greatly appreciated on our part that Deepcool was really interested to learn any feedback we had. And the highlight of the lunch for me really was the... They just so casually popped out the the demo model of the AK400 Digital. So this is, um, if you've been following the Deepcool lines of a air coolers, the AK line is sort of their premium line, although they will be coming out with an even more premium version of the AK this year as well. And an exciting upgrade to the line as well. So basically, they started with the AK620, I think, last year, and then they've subdivided the market even further into... Because the AK620 is basically like the NHD15, so it's a big boy air cooler. And they have smaller versions of the AK, so the AK400 and AK500 or 520, I think they call it. But at CES this year, Deepcool introduced their digital version of the AK. And, you know, when people saw it online, they were wondering, is this just a mock-up or a prototype is this really actually going to make it to market basically it looks like it's very similar to the current ak but the top of the air cooler is a digital screen so you can see their temperature of your cpu of your gpu and the load of either the cpu or the gpu and it seems like such a small thing to add but it's such it's it's a big thing actually <laughs> 
because we don't see a lot of mainstream air coolers with that kind of functionality. We have seen screens in the past on AIOs, and that was something that we saw currently evolve from the how it was like before, where you know it was just like a circular. Most AIO CPU blocks were just circular, maybe some RGB, and then ASOS started the trend with slapping an LCD screen on the AIO. Sorry, on the CPU block. Although most notably, NZXT is the one perhaps most famous or most visible with their Z-series AIO for, for that trend. But we don't see a lot of it in air coolers. The only one that I can think of that comes close is one that we've recommended or rather that we've reviewed in the past, the Alls i CPU cooler. And to be honest, I thought that was a basic but passable implementation of the technology. But... You know, Alsa isn't that well known. Deepcool has really put its quality into the into this digital version of the AK. So yes, this is something that Deepcool is going to be selling. And the version that I saw was still a sample, so a prototype, sort of engineering sample, not the final product yet, but certainly super polished already. I mean, basically, the only thing that looked a little off to me was that the color of the Deepcool logo was white instead of green. Usually they have it, you know, black on green on black. But other than that, that was the only small flaw I could see. Like I, I would have thought except for that, that it was the production model already. Although the one that was presented to me, we it wasn't installed on a computer because we were out. So they did have a USB that they plugged into the cooler and then which plugged into a laptop. And then the digital display on the air cooler was displaying the stats of the laptop. But other than that, you know, the, the screen was so well integrated, so polished into the black sheen of the top of the air cooler. One of the small issues, again, I wouldn't call it a biggie, but one of the little niggling things that I wish could be fixed in the next iteration of the display technology of Deepcool was in the CH510 digital mesh, which we have reviewed, and I did mention it in the video, that the screen, you know, the numbers, you can kind of see them even when they're off. And, like, the, the, the placement of the screen is a little noticeable because the it's not as dark as the surrounding area. So, just a small thing, but... You can tell it's not as seamlessly integrated. But Deepcool really hit it out of the park for this AK400 or the AK digital version. The screen is seamlessly integrated. When it's off, it's off, so it's all black. And then the, the way the numbers look, the way the information is displayed to you feels a lot sharper than the kind of... It's a little blocky on the CH510 digital. I mean, of course, we're not... You know, you're not, when I say blocky, I'm almost tempted to talk about resolution. But the way it looked in the CH510 digital mesh display versus the AK digital, it's a lot sharper on the AK digital. So I don't know if they, you know, learned some lessons when they were integrating because the 510 mesh digital is sort of their, or was their first tab at integrating display technology into non-standard or, you know, into novel components. 
so I think they've learned their lessons well because the implementation really in the AK Digital is so good. Just seamless. The screen. And it is nice. I'm making such a big deal out of it because I find it off-putting when if the product is off, you can still see some kind of glow or light gray tinge because it's it's a reminder that it's there. But it's not working. Yeah, it's kind of like that. You You feel like this product is a bit, you know, a bit off. Like, I can still see something, but there shouldn't be anything. Whereas, and, you know, with an air cooler, you're looking at it through your case. Actually, next to the GPU, probably the next thing you see about a computer is its CPU cooler, whether it's an AIO or an air cooler, just because they're usually so large, at least depending on the CPU you get, so visible, and, you know, you have a bunch of RGB and stuff. The AK Digital does have RGB, which we'll get to in a little bit. So, but just why I'm so kind of enthused about the aesthetic of the AK Digital because it does look very premium. Parang bagay na bagay siya in any sort of build that I can think of. If you're into air coolers, the AK Digital will find or can find a place or can make a compelling argument to find a place into your rig. This is not a sponsored podcast by any means. I just really was, yeah, really impressed with the implementation of the technology in the AK Digital. Again, because I, I saw it, a version in the all-size CP cooler, which again was not bad, but, you know, kind of not, kind of falls short on the premium feel as compared to the AK Digital now. And the AK Digital is also superior even to Deepcool's other offering of a case with a display with the CH510 digital mesh. Deepcool actually has other cases coming up on the market which moves the display to the side panel, so which actually might make more sense. The digital CH510 digital mesh has it in front, but a lot of us are used to seeing the side of the PC as the predominant side. And that's why we do have the TG side panels on the left side or the right side, whichever, I mean, however your orientation is. But, you know, the the standard viewing point to a PC is usually the side panel. And Deepcool has cases coming up very soon in the future which move the case from the front to the side. I only saw mock-ups of those, but they do seem to use the screen which they used in the AK Digital. So, you know, air coolers are a funny thing. They're kind of like old tech, which is why I'm so enthusiastic that they're being refreshed a little bit, giving, you know, putting a bit more oomph and maybe appeal back into air coolers. Because really, bang bang for your buck, pound for pound, an air cooler is better value for money than an AIO. AIOs do look fancier. They're less blocky. So aesthetically, you know, they look a bit more... They look a bit cleaner sometimes in your rig. But depending on your rig and depending on your personal choice, I think a quality air cooler really makes sense a lot of the time. And looks-wise, I do still like sometimes the very sometimes industrial look of the CPU tower. The AK series has very densely packed fins, which also give it a distinctive look. Kind of very different from the old air cooler towers, which are... You know, you can if you're if you think it's a skyscraper, you can still see where each floor is, but with a very layered look of the of the 
AK series, it's kind of like more like lasagna, where yes, there are layers on, you know, but they're, they're very nuanced layers, or maybe like a crepe, like a crepe cake. I don't know if that metaphor works, but now I'm hungry. But anyway, the, yeah, the, we mentioned it before. I think I might have mentioned it in the review of the AK when it first came out that the CPU tower is very distinctive with its very densely packed layers, which, you know, gives you better performance because each layer adds surface area. The more surface area you have, the better your cooling performance. So, man, I can't imagine. I'm like, 13 minutes into talking about a product which isn't even on the market yet. But yeah, I had a really good time checking it out. That's, that's something we'll definitely carry in the shop when it comes out. So my intro was a little bit of a exaggeration. There is some news, but I wanted to start off with the AK Digital because, well, it is the most noteworthy thing that I came across this week. And it's something that, you know, Deepcool has always been big about introducing its market or introducing its products initially, at least to the Asian market. So I really appreciate that compared to some other brands, you know, which are US-based and just like selling to North America or Europe. With Deepcool, you get quality products at a very good price usually. And they actually are available here. Like, you know, sometimes the product launch dates are, are here first rather than having it first in the States and then just sort of migrating across the rest of the world. But let's move on to different components. And we usually talk about GPUs on Tech Show But Friendly because a lot of people are interested in them. They are the heart of your gaming experience, which is why if you have NVIDIA's latest driver, version 531.18, or I think actually they've come out with a newer version because 531.18 apparently has a bug where when you exit a game, the, the program container you know, the, the kind of the software and the, the, the box, you know, using an analogy, it directs around itself, basically. But the software is a bit um, buggy, for lack of a better word. When you turn off a game, sometimes if you're using this particular driver version, your CPU usage will jump up around 10%, I think, if I remember the article correctly. So it's not on all people or it's not on all systems that do have this driver version again 53 531.18 but if you do have it you know might as well upgrade or update rather to the newest driver just to make sure you don't get hassled i mean why waste cpu cycles when you don't need to speaking about gpus the stats for last year's sales are in so for 2022 2022 was actually the worst year on record for GPU sales for discrete desktop GPUs. Apparently, the record was in 1998 with 116 million. Yep, I got that right. GPUs sold. Can you imagine 1998? I was second year high school, so revealing my age. And that was really like the wild, wild west. Yung mga GPUs nun. Right now, because we take GPUs a little bit for granted now. Yes, we need them for gaming. Yes, they're expensive. But back then, wala pang direct 3D. So... The GPUs on the market could only play certain games. So let's say if you got MechWarrior 2, MechWarrior 2 had a GPU enhanced version. So instead of, we even called it hardware rendering. <laughs> Man, that takes me back. So all games before were like software. It's kind of dumb actually because, you know, if you have a computer, the graphics are rendered 
or you know, the graphics are drawn through hardware, right? But to distinguish GPU-enabled games, there was a distinction. So there were software, software-rendered games where basically your computer could run, didn't need specialized equipment to run the game. But if it was a hardware-rendered game, you had to have the specific GPU that could render the special version of that game or, or that game in particular. So I remember MechWarrior 2 came out and it had all of these fancy GPU enhancements like lighting, particle shading. I mean, you know, again, everything that we... Shadows or better-looking shadows. Everything that we take for granted now, you know, it's like really like wild back then. And it would only work with Voodoo Extreme if I remember the the card company there were so many there were so many different card companies back then and yun nga just because you had one card doesn't mean that you could play all of the hardware enhanced or hardware rendered games so 1998 was really which might explain why so many GPUs were sold because people were interested in the technology certainly it was a big step above what we were currently used to but people didn't know what to get so you know tapping into a big market and people didn't know where to go to very early market for GPUs. So I can imagine people like just kind of like panicking and or choosing. Like you had specific gamers, oh, I like a flight sim. This flight sim only works on, again, Voodoo Extreme. 3DFX, I think, was another company. Um, so many other companies like way back when. So yeah, in the infancy of the market. But now, you know, it's a very mature market. We take it for granted. If you have an AMD GPU, yes, you, some games like, NVIDIA games that have DLSS won't work on AMD GPUs, but the basic acceleration is there. The basic effects are there thanks to a common programming language enabled by Direct3D. And you know, Microsoft doesn't get enough credit for the Direct API or the Direct programming languages or hooks that they put into that they put into Windows because a lot of the hardware headaches really got streamlined after Direct3D. And if you, if you never had to fiddle around with an auto exec dot bat <laughs> to figure out, or a con, even a config dot sys, I think before back in DOS, to kind of figure out why the heck is my sound not working on my Sound Blaster Pro? Um, if you didn't go through those headaches and uh, the teeth pulling, it's kind of hard not to appreciate or you know take for granted Direct 3D, Direct X, and the other Directs done by Microsoft, but. Um, and and you know, even the GPUs now, which might be why GPU sales were so low in 2022, historically the worst year ever. Although, of course, to be fair, a lot of people are fatigued out by the price, so there could be that. But even in the lowest market or lowest sales of GPUs ever, NVIDIA is actually doing remarkably well in terms of market... market um, market capture or you know the the percentage of the market that buys nvidia amd at least in 2022 had its worst year amd just quoting from the news article amd's radeon sold 6.6.76 million units their lowest point ever of course 2022 still didn't have the 7000 series and actually as i pointed out last week i think amd actually sells quite well to consoles so that's a bright spot for the company. But for the discrete GPU segment, you know, a lot of gamers are like, 
you know, I hate NVIDIA. They're just gouging the market, never again, and everything. But for the vast majority of gamers, GPU equals NVIDIA. I'm not saying that's correct. I'm not saying that there aren't missteps from NVIDIA. But I'm just saying that market leader, top of mind for GPUs is still far and away NVIDIA. And just rounding out the news, well, you know, GPUs always expensive. But at least we're seeing now price drops in SSDs. I've noticed that all of my other news for this week comes from Tom's Hardware. So thanks to Tom's Hardware for its spot-on news coverage. This last bit is also from them. The price of SSDs has fallen rapidly this year. So apparently down by 15 to 30% just in the last two months. Analysts, according to the article, were expecting this drop even last year. And so it, it has apparently hit the market. We have been seeing this a little bit actually even on the local front. The local front is very immune <laughs> to price drops. I mean, it takes dramatic price drops on the international scale to trickle back down to us here. There are a wide variety of factors for that. Our market is much smaller, so we don't can't really buy in volume compared to the North American dealerships. Um, we are a small market, so we don't command, you know, it's harder to reach those kind of prices at scale that other markets can. But even here on the local front, we have seen drops in SSD prices. And that's only, that you know, that, that's, that's a good thing for everyone. One of the advice or one of the things I repeat ad infinitum, like ad nauseum, is that get yourself an SSD. It doesn't matter if you're an office PC, a second-hand build, a gaming PC. Your experience will always be better with an SSD if you can afford an NVMe. Um, yes, please do so. Again, they've dropped in price quite significantly. So really, in this day and age, even for a second-hand PC, even if you can't like, oh, well, you know, my second-hand PC only has PCIe 3, for my board and I, you know, I'm looking at a PCIe 4 NVMe, just get it. Don't worry about it. It will run at PCIe 3 speed. But even that is very quite, you know, very decent compared to like hard drive speeds. I mean, yes, hard drives still have their place as data storage. But for an OS, for games, you know, um, the SSD and, and, and an NVMe SSD in particular is really worth it, especially now with the price drops. So, that's it for me for this week. Thanks so much for listening to Tech Show But Friendly. I am repeating my sincere request to please give us feedback. Please leave us a review. I think the easiest would be on Apple Podcast. Shoot us a message on Facebook. You can actually leave comments now if you're also listening on Spotify. They've opened that up. Although, I think I need to leave like a particular question which I will when this uh, on, on this thing, you know, just to kind of encourage interaction a little bit. Um, that's kind of something I miss with the podcast compared to you know, a YouTube video or even like a Facebook post. It's so much easier to get feedback through those kind of channels. I, there is an audience. I mean, I, I do see the numbers uh, for the podcast, but it's just like sometimes I, I, want, I want to know that I'm just not kind of like rambling off into the void, which is why last week's episode, um, if you haven't listened to it, I do it. I'd encourage you to pick it up. Uh, we had our first guest, Ramin Style, talking about the Tarkov cheat done by another content creator. He wasn't cheating to cheat, but he was cheating in order to expose cheaters. 
So super interesting episode and I really enjoyed having a guest on. Uh, if, you have, if you guys have any suggestions to have a guest, please do let us know. Please do tune in also if you're listening today or if you're listening on Friday rather when this podcast drops. We drop, you know, it, it becomes live. A new episode becomes live every 7, sorry, 6 a.m. every Friday. If you're listening to it on Friday, May 17, sorry, March 17, I haven't had dinner yet. I usually record on a Thursday. Uh, please do check out our video as well, releasing uh, 4 p.m. March 17 on our Budget Build 2. And we'll probably have a short video on the AK Digital, uh, shorts or a reels video coming out Sunday, this Sunday as well, March 19. So that's it for me. Have a good weekend, guys, or have a good day whenever you do or whenever you are listening to Tech Show But Friendly.